We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for March 11th, 2018. This is our fifth and final part, Lord willing. And now we're going to we're going to change gears again, not really but kind of, and we're going to look at the war on cannabis now that's currently going on in America. Now, in light of all the stuff we just looked at with our our wonderful government arranging 9/11, to make sure that we got back over there and re, re jump started the uh, uh, poppy production over in Afghanistan, which had Taliban had destroyed it all. We had to get back over there and jump start that, resuscitate it, and then the production started to, to uh, get record numbers every year again. They released all the drug lords to make sure all that happened. The, the troops and the private contractors were guarding the opium and poppy fields to make sure that the drug companies were supplied and the illegal illicit drug trade. They were flying it in the special planes here that didn't have to refuel, so they made sure that it could make a beeline to America without the scrutiny of ever having to refuel anywhere. All of that wonderful stuff. Taking down the Twin Towers at 9-11, all those thousands of people killed, blaming it all on Osama bin Laden, that you know who was totally a CIA asset. You know, it, it really makes you feel wonderful and warm about your country. You know, when you really, really start to look at the big picture of all this stuff. Now, this one, this will make you feel warm and wonderful too. Congressman Jeff, Congressman Grills Jeff Sessions over federal marijuana laws, which. Jeff Sessions has totally dug his heels in and making sure that he's going to go after... Marijuana is not as dangerous as heroin. Would you agree with that? I think that's correct. Well, thank Oh, wow, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks for agreeing marijuana isn't as dangerous as heroin. But they're both listed as the class class one drugs. You know, so what gives there? I'm surprised they list heroin as much as they're guarding it. It's just so bad they probably can't not do it. But then again, they've got meth and cocaine as a schedule too, which means that they're less dangerous. Meth. Meth, yeah, and cocaine, yeah, yeah. That's that's justice. Yes, sir. I would hope that in your enforcement that you would look at the limitations you've got. There's always an opportunity cost, and put your opportunity cost, your enforcement on marrow, on on crack, on cocaine, on meth, on opioids, and on heroin. Marijuana so this 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 voice of reason, this Steve Cohen, Democrat out of Tennessee. Questions Attorney Jeff Sessions on America's marijuana laws and the Sessions' infamous quote, good people don't smoke marijuana. Uh, because he's the arbiter of, of all what is good and right in the world. Good old Jeff Sessions. And, and here's a Democrat trying to bring some reason to this devil. But he's bought and paid for special interest the whole nine yards. You know, um... And this is what we're, this, this line of questioning is what. He's saying, please, prioritize the drugs that are the real issue. Heroin, meth, these other drugs. Don't, you know, why are you doing this? is the least bothersome of all. 28 states or 29 states in the District of Columbia have legalized it for medical purposes. Eight states in the District of Columbia for... But it has no medical benefit because it's Schedule 1. That's, that's, a, that's a parameter of Schedule 1. How could it possibly be Schedule 1? It shouldn't even be top three. You know, I don't even, I think there's five schedules. I don't know where, but it shouldn't be Schedule 1, 2, or 3. I've, I've looked at all the drugs on those. I mean, it has unbelievable medicinal value if done, you know, like what we've just documented today. Creational purposes. Justice Brandeis famously said that the states are the laboratories of democracy I would hope you'd look at marijuana and look at this, 
states as laboratories of democracy and see how they've helped. In states where they've got medical marijuana, they have 25% less opioid use. It gives people a way to relieve pain without using opioids, which... That's competition. They, they Look at all the effort they're making over in Afghanistan to guard that stuff. To bring it over here in those huge cargo planes. All that manpower it takes to make sure that crop gets to harvest. Uh, you know, given the blessings of the drug lords, the pharmaceutical companies are relying on this and the illicit drug trade that we're a part of. We're all, this, they're all relying on that. They don't want 25% less. In fact, all that's going to do is infuriate Jeff Sessions and the drug companies. That's going to make them go after marijuana all the more harder. They don't want that competition. They want everybody addicted to opiate-based, whether it's painkillers, heroin, fentanyl, whatever. Come on. Isn't that the earmark of, the, of revelation, of the sorcery? Pharmakia, which is where we derive that root word, pharmakia. Inevitably leads to death and crime. And so I would hope you take a look at that. We will take a look at it, and we'll be yeah, looking right. at some rigorous analysis of uh, the marijuana uh, usage and how it plays out. I'm not as uh, optimistic as you. Yeah, no, he's, he's basically what he's just saying, this little maggot basically is that he's going to go after way harder you can just tell by the with the vitriol in this in, in this little devil's eyes that yeah we're gonna we're gonna look at it we're gonna we're gonna really look at it real hard and i'm not as optimistic as you you slimy little demon possessed devil from the pit of hell you you said one time that good people don't smoke marijuana which of these people would say are not good people well let me answer explain how that occurred all right and i explain quickly uh, John Kasich, a good person. George Pataki, Rick Santorum, Newt Gingrich, Ted Cruz, Jeb Bush, George Bush, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Judge no, they're Bush. all slime bags, but they, they're all evidently have said they've done pot. Clarence Thomas, which of those are not good people? Let me tell you how that came about. Uh, most of them are. I, I don't want to, but anyway. Congressman. Uh, so the question was, what do you do about drug use, the epidemic we're seeing in the country, and how <laughs> you reverse it? Part of, it, part of it is using medical marijuana to get people off opiate-based painkillers. But then again, oops, you're the ones bringing in all the opium and the poppy and the heroin and making sure all that happens. That supply train never stops. So obviously marijuana throws a gigantic monkey wrench into all that. You'd have no interest in that because you were of the fa your father the devil and of his lusts and of his works you will do. So obviously you're not going to have any, and you're going to try to deflect and defer and act like you're Mr. High and Mighty, Mr. Sanctimonious, Mr. Holier Than Thou over here, when you are nothing more than a, a devil that probably just loves to sacrifice little children and drink their blood on a satanic altar. Because that's how you roll at that level, Jeff Sessions. So you're not going to have to answer to me when it's all said and done, dude. You're going to have to stand before God. It is a cultural thing. I explained how when I became United States Attorney in, in 1981 uh, and the drugs were being used widely, over a period of years it became unfashionable, unpopular, and people were seen, and it was seen as such that good people didn't use marijuana. Because that's the way that the, that the media spin reefer madness ever since 1937, this demonization campaign of it, because they knew it had all these medicinal values. That's all been done by design. It was competition. It's the same reason that in 1938, when the Food and Drug Administration took over, the use of mild silver protein, which is what in Vive Silver is, it's a true colloidal silver, 
but it's a mild silver protein, but you can make it in a very strong dosage because the, the, the protein in the mild silver protein acts, can, act, can, can suspend more silver in solution, which you cannot do with just like ionically made silver or electrically generated silver. You can only make like, I think, 500 part per million, just about maximum at that, and then it's gonna fall out of solution very quick. Do you know the expirations we have right now are the retest dates on the bottles coming out of Invive? It's 2048. 2048 is, I believe, the retest date on the bottles. Let me, let me just look. I wanna be accurate because it's so stable. Yeah, it does not expire. But it, basically, it's a retest date. It plus 2048. Okay? That's how stable that stuff is. Anyway, prior to the, the, the um, Food and Drug, Drug Administration takeover in, in 1938, mild silver protein was used very widespread in um, doctor's offices across America. You'd go to the doctor. You were sick. He would, he would prescribe you some mild silver protein. They would either compound it right there in the doctor's office or they would send you to the local pharmacist where they would compound it there. Here's the thing, though. Back then, they didn't have a way to stabilize it. So you had to do it within like a week or it'd go bad. But we've got the technology now, and Lawrence, the, the president of Invive, the guy that actually, um, the medical doctor that figured out the way to stabilize it, said God showed him how to do it. Because it has to do with these things called molar ratios. It's extremely, extremely complicated. There's millions of them that are potentially you could use. And he got the right one. It's a highly guarded secret. But they're the only ones that have it. They're the only ones that have the molar ratios right where you could stabilize silver to 2048. They've got bottles from... The company went in business in 1993. They've got bottles that are perfectly good still from 1993. Okay, so that's 25 years. So, anyway, you want to know more about that? I did a presentation on um, the colloidal silver. It's getting Dr. Johnson in mild silver protein. You probably find it on YouTube, or I can send it to you. Uh, website dr dash or hyphen symbol johnson.com. Dr. Doctor dash or hyphen symbol johnson j-o-h-n-s-o-n.com or you can email me uh but that okay I'm, i said all that to say this when the fda took over in 1938 they started to demonize silver the same way that they're demonizing marijuana because they were like silver cures stuff this mild silver protein actually cures stuff we don't have any interest in curing it we want to perpetuate disease so they bring in it was then the modern day miracle worker of antibiotics that was when the modern day use of antibiotics came in and silver fell out of favor in favor of the antibiotics which kill all your flora and ultimately can devastate your own immune system set you up for more yeast infections set you up for further infections because it devastates your immune system that's why it's so important to take flora after you do a cycle of antibiotics because all your flora is gone and they did that knowing that the antibiotics, you're going to get repeat customers. Whereas with the silver, that wasn't the case. So they've done this to other, my point was they've done this to other things. What they're doing to cannabis, they're going to do to anything natural that works. There's probably a thousand other examples of what I just said, you know. 
And a lot of times it boils down to they can't patent it either. I don't think they could patent the silver because it's a, it's a, you know, it's like a natural type substance. They can't patent white willow bark because it's an herb. So they make acetosalicylic aspirin, which is what aspirin's made from. Um, foxglove, another one. Okay, it's from the foxglove. And where do they? What drug is that from? Digitalis. You could go on and on and on. So that's why they got a manu. That's why they got. And then they can patent it, and then they can make a ton of money on it, and then they can, you know, make their money. It's always about the money. So I don't know if he has anything more to say. That was the context of that statement. It might have affected the short-term memory. What were those? So he was saying that was the context of the statement. Good people don't smoke marijuana. Well, they had demonized it, demonized it, demonized it. And he's he's a good good Southern boy, and, and, and he knew. And granted, I felt kind of the same way to a certain extent, especially once I became a Christian and I went to Baptist churches and stuff. Cause that, but, you know, it's like, okay, but yeah, but now I see all this. And it's undeniable. And then I look at the demonization campaign that started way back in 1937. And I see how we've all been brainwashed. So I've been brainwashed. And again, I'm not saying go out and abuse it and have kids use it and, and let's get high every day and let's escape. And this is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about legitimate medical uses for it. Okay. Legitic medical uses as particularly where you can get somebody off some illicit drug with tons of side effects like Oxycontin. Or whatever else you're doing. And without the addictive components and with, you know, not only that, the other, the drugs have side effects, whereas this actually have, has good side effects. So, you know. Next report. This is a U.S. representative at a pot hearing. Um, representative Steve Cohen asked Deputy Director of Drug Control Policy to explain... U.S. is equal treatment of pot and heroin because they're both Schedule One, and, and obviously they should both be the same because there's no medical benefits to, to marijuana. We've just seen that today, and there's tons of medical benefits to heroin, obviously. Oh, no, that's the opposite way around. I'm sorry. I got that all mixed up there for a sec. So let's go ahead and play this. Kelly, your hands are tied on, on Schedule One, but it is ludicrous. Okay, now this is the same uh, representative, Mr. Cohen, out of Democrat of Tennessee, and he's now he's grilling uh, Deputy Director of Drug Control Policy, again, to explain the, the uh, equal treatment of pot and heroin. So now he's going after that guy, which, I, you know, I like this guy. I mean, he might be a Democrat, but man, I don't know what other things he stands for, but man, he's, he's right on this one. Third, crazy to have marijuana in the same level as heroin. <laughs> Ask it's insane. The late Philip Seymour Hoffman if you could. He was that actor that died. Oh, I thought he was so vile. I'm sorry, but man, that guy just gave off a very vile vibe. And he ended up dying of heroin and oh man, all, you know, I think there was other things involved too. And he, the reason he's saying that is because you can get somebody off heroin. You can wean them off heroin with medical marijuana. I mean, it's it's proven. It can be done. Not only that, but what if you use medical marijuana and other stuff that would be good to help? There's other nutrients that, that you could potentially uh, use as well that would probably enhance marijuana's effectiveness. You don't have to just put all your eggs in one basket. 
but they don't approach things that way medically. That's the last thing they want to do. I'm going to keep us all addicted. Nobody dies from marijuana. People die from heroin. And every At record rates now, thanks to fentanyl coming in. Because people are ODing like crazy. Every second that we spend in this country trying to enforce marijuana laws is a second that we're not enforcing heroin laws. And heroin and meth are the two drugs that are ravaging our country. Yep. And every death, including Mr. Hoffman's, is partly the responsibility of the federal government's drug priorities yep. for not putting total emphasis on the drugs that kill, Amen. that cause people to be addicted and have to steal to support their habits. Yes. And heroin and meth is where all of your priorities should be. Amen. And it's not just Mr. Hoffman, a brilliant actor at 46 years of age, who first went to prescription drugs and then came back to heroin. That's our two major issues, I guess. I well, that's what that's it, prescription drugs are the gateway drug for heroin. You know, that is the gateway drug for heroin. For sure. That's why, and again, it's all by design. They're making out like bandits both ways because, again, we're bringing the, the poppy over. Okay, somebody stubs their toe, you give them oxy. End-stage cancer drug. So now they're addicted to oxy. They, their prescription runs out. Maybe they can't afford it anymore. Stuff's incredibly expensive, all by design. You know, bankrupt you about. And then not only that, you're not going to have a whole lot of motivation to get a whole lot done if you're addicted to that stuff. And then it's like, well, okay, well, I can go for, you know, half the price, get four times the high. Let's get on heroin now, maybe fentanyl. And they're making, because we're bringing all this over, the, the illicit drug take, we're making money either way or the government is either way medical pharma cartel or illicit drug trade you know it's heartwarming it really is i mean it should warm the cockles of your heart i mean i know it does mine young young friend son of a girl i dated who died of a heroin overdose about two years ago i went to a party in memphis recently not vermont where the governor spent his entire state of the state hour address talking about the ravages of heroin and his... You know what's funny, too? I remember growing up in, like, the 70s and the 80s in Florida, and I can always remember the standing joke, like, with my dad would be, like, um, he'd make joke. he was really sarcastic, his humor, he would make jokes about, like, um, yeah, poor... Poor Leonard over there. He got he got hooked on heroin again, and, and look at him. Go. I mean, it was it was way more unheard of back then. Not you know that was something that you would only think that a junkie on the streets of like New York City, and it was a standing joke at least in our household to make fun not to make fun so much of the people, but to make fun of the concept of 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 somebody getting hooked on heroin because it was it was like only junkies in like New York City on the streets of New York City, did that, you know, oh yeah, he got, he got hooked on heroin, you know, I remember he getting that voice, and, and now it's like, it's not, now it's, it's real though, the, the, all those jokes aren't, not to say they were funny back then, okay, it was coming from a very secular household, but I'm saying that now it's real, it's, 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 it's a real problem, it's, it's so commonplace, you would never make that joke now, because it's so real, you know, but then again, we hadn't got over there, you know, to guard the opium fields as of yet. We, we hadn't really perfected all of that. Our military hadn't done that. They didn't have the audacity to do that. 
at the time. And therefore, the heroin yields were a lot less. Now, I understand. Then you can go back to say, well, yeah, but before it was coming out of the Golden Triangle of Vietnam. Or, okay, I get it. Okay, but I do think, though, that since 9-11 and the explosion of heroin production over there, all by design, all thanks to our wicked, evil, dark state, deep state government, that now it's a whole other level of supply. State, but Memphis, Tennessee where four women, give or take my age, well, maybe 15 years younger, sometimes I lose perspective, talked about heroin being a great problem among their children mm -hmm. and in the Memphis community and about another young man who had died of heroin. Heroin is getting into the arms of young people. And when we put marijuana on the same level as heroin and LSD and meth and crack and cocaine, we are telling young people not to listen to the adults about the ravages and the problems, and they don't listen because they know you're wrong. Because right. as Mr. Micah said, right. we know a lot of young people smoke marijuana. They know inherently there's no comparison. I mean, you know, come on. They shouldn't. Young people should be being young people. The most precious commodity in the world is time. Young people have got lots of time. Mr. Mike and I don't have that much more time. That's just the realities. And when you're young, enjoy being young, playing ball, taking it easy, just doing kids' things and learning. And you shouldn't be doing drugs, but they are. And we need to be sure that we keep them alive. We need to educate them. But our efforts ought to be toward meth and heroin. Amen. That's where efforts should be. And it shouldn't be Schedule 1. Anybody that goes to jail for marijuana is a crime Yep. when people for possession are taking their liberties away. Amen. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of resources. It's a crime committed by our government. There is a cultural lag in this country, and this Congress is a leader in it. With all wow. due respect, you should be listening to scientists. I understand the parents who are grieved because their child died of an overdose. They didn't overdose on marijuana. Right. And you're listening to them rather than the scientists? Mr. Botticelli... It may go back to A Few Good Men, the movie, Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. The truth is the drug war failed. Your direction on marijuana is a failure. Get to dealing and saving kids from heroin overdoses. My young 22-year-old friend died of a heroin overdose. Yeah, he smoked marijuana, probably the first thing he did. But that's not why he smoked heroin or shot it up. Maybe he did it because he heard people like you saying they're all bad and they're all terrible and you can't deal with the truth and tell them, well, maybe marijuana doesn't kill you. Heroin does and meth does. They're different. And until you deal with the truth, the kids aren't going to believe you at all. So we have that take. He goes on to um, about another eight minutes if you want to listen to that. I'll give you the link there. I'm trying to get through this, though. I, I know I've been keeping you so long in these studies in the last few weeks. Um, I don't want to take your time away from God, you know, and that's why I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I got to curtail this more. I mean, just there's so much to, to cover, and this is the first time I've ever actually done a dedicated study on this specific subject, and I have had a lot of requests over the years, so I do apologize. Uh, but in order to get it all in, in order to, to give you the best, most fullest look at this subject, I kind of felt like I had to do this. 
All right, let's go to the next one. Here is a, a congressman destroys war on marijuana in four minutes. Representative Earl Blumauer, another Democrat out of Oregon, de- details how marijuana prohibition has been a spectacular failure and previews reform legislation he will soon introduce. Um, check out marijuanamajority.com to see more politicians who know it's time for a change. Okay, let's, so let's look at this. The chair now, now recognizes the gentleman from Oregon, Mr. Blumenauer, for five minutes. Speaker. This is on C-SPAN. Uh, this is in, like, the halls of Congress, it looks like. For more than 70 years, our government has followed the most spectacular failure in policy since the disastrous 13-year experiment with the prohibition of alcohol. Forty-three years ago, the National Commission on Marijuana and Drug Abuse released a report finding that the federal ban on marijuana is unjustified and inappropriate. Yet, for most of that time, federal policy has been frozen in amber. Countless lives have been ruined for the use of a substance that a majority of Americans now think should be legal. Untold billions of dollars have been spent on a failed effort at prohibition, and still 25 million adults use it every month. Despite a finding in federal law that marijuana is a Schedule One controlled substance with no therapy. Well, they do like the fact that a lot millions of people are still using it from the standpoint they can throw a lot of people in jail when some of them get caught. So that is one thing that's good about it all and keeping it on Schedule One. I mean, I just think that they should start gut shooting people. I think they should put a whole new different schedule, a schedule like zero. It's it's in marijuana is in its own class. You know, it's it should be classed as just the devil drug, and just gut shoot people, judge jury like Judge Dredd, just have special marijuana cops, which is kind of what they have anyway. And if a drug sniffing dog even sniffs it on somebody, just gut shoot them. I, I think this is where we need to go with this. We need to crack down harder on this and really, really take a stand. Sorry. Therapeutic value. 213 million Americans live in 34 states in the District of Columbia where medical marijuana is recognized and legal in some form, and over a million people use it as medicine. In 1990. So, in one state, you can use it legitimately to treat your medical condition. Okay. It's all legal, good. But you go to the next state and you go to prison for a felony and do tall time for the same exact thing. I mean, that's insanity. I can understand if it's a different country, but a different state and and it's in the classification of the worst drug, I mean, felony? Really? Six voters in California marked a significant change in course when they legalized medical marijuana with a vote of the people. And almost three dozen states have followed. In the fall of 2012, voters in the state of Washington, Colorado, approved adult use of marijuana. And it should be noted the sky didn't fall, big cracks didn't appear in the earth, and problems with marijuana didn't get worse. It's and I'll be honest, I was waiting for that to happen. I didn't understand that, no, they're actually going to have a reduction in opioid painkiller abuse. No. Now, are, are, are the stoners going to do more that are just wanting to do it? Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's not a positive thing. It's not. Okay, it's not like they're going to be greatly contributing to society in any way, shape, or form if they're stoned out of the gourds all the time. But again, that's not what this study is about at all, okay? And so I, I just keep wanting to make that distinction. 
instances that became more manageable. For the federal government, the tide continues to turn. Last session of Congress had six successful votes on the floor of the House to rationalize our foolish policies, including reining in federal enforcement and opening opportunities for legal industrial hemp cultivation. Last fall, voters in my state of Oregon, looking at the evidence and experience, like in Colorado, approved adult use by an even larger margin than previous state. The marijuana reform train has left the station. It's time for the federal government to redouble its efforts at developing policies that work. Congressman Jared Polis and I will reintroduce this week our legislation to establish a federal framework to end the failed federal prohibition. It will pave the way for states to chart their own course to legalize tax and regulate marijuana according to what individual states want to do, just like they do with alcohol. We will save tens of billions of dollars in failed enforcement, incarceration, and lost revenue. We will choke off a profit center for drug cartels that have been enriched by our failed policies. And we will make it See, easier to... They want all that. They want, like the, the judge who went over, like the five or six people, the organizations that profit the most from this. There is dare I say trillions on the line with this marijuana thing because see it has cascading effects. I mean this becomes commonplace people understand about getting off opiate based painkillers. Well there goes the opium tr like the opium thing is going to start crashing like it does wherever you legalize it. Well that's going to cost them trillions. I mean it's a big cascading effect that they will fight tooth and nail and they will dig their satanic hooves into the ground to prevent at any cost. Enforce laws to keep marijuana out of the hands of our children and have money for government services rather than waste money on failed policy, arresting people for something that a majority of Americans now think should be legal. For those of us who've worked in this field for years, it's an exciting time. My legislation will deal with the taxation of marijuana, and we look forward to refining it to be able to have the tax at a proper level to support government services, but also reasonable enough to choke off black market supply. It's time for us to enter a new era of marijuana policy for research, protecting our children, for economic development, and individual liberties. I strongly urge my colleagues to examine the legislation that we've advanced and be part of this long overdue effort at reform. That was in 2015. So, well, well. so you would figure, okay, well, Jeff Sessions, how could he deny this? He's got to be receptive. No, 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 no. Jeff Sessions' war on marijuana is just beginning. He's rescinding what they call the Cole Memo, which could just be the start of his war. And who appointed him? Who's the one that put him in there? Trump. You know? So it looks to me like Trump's fully on board with all this. It's not hard to understand why marijuana has become such a hot commodity in the U.S. either. either. Uh, a number of recent surveys have all led to the same conclusion. The American public wants pot legalized. Nearly two-thirds of the respondents in a Gallup's poll in 2017 favored the idea of legalizing cannabis nationally. With 94% of respondents in an August 2017 survey from the independent Quinnipiac University favoring the legalization of medical cannabis. Presumably, as these support figures move higher, so will legal cannabis sales. Remember, when they did it in Holland, even the president said, your per capita usage is higher than ours because we made it boring. We didn't, we didn't turn it into this big taboo thing anymore. 
And as a result, it was like a non-event on a lot of levels over there. We have higher per capita use, and yet it's illegal over here. And, and it's it, it, you could be punished by the, the, the you know prison time and gigantic fines. I mean, if you're willing to go through that, if you're willing to risk that, then, you know, you must really want it pretty bad. Whereas in Holland, if you're 16 years old, you can get it. And I'm not saying that's right. I don't, I don't agree with that. But that's the rules they have on their books. And they're finding a lower per capita usage in Holland than here, where the risks are so much higher. So what happens when you create a, this taboo thing. And here you have something that actually has unbelievable medicinal value. If done in the right way for the right condition for the right, and that's what I'm really wanting to emphasize today, not just okay, let's do it to get high. You know, I have no personal interest in that whatsoever, and and I don't want my you know the Bible talks about being sober and vigilant and these types of things. I don't think that that's something that we should be you know getting baked out of our gourds all the time. And I don't you know whether it's alcohol, pot, whatever, but I'm talking about medicinal uses here which you can't deny it i mean look at what we looked at and that's just a little bit about the medicinal benefits um so nearly two-thirds of the respondents in gallup's poll october 27th 2017 just last year favored the idea of legalizing cannabis nationally with 94 percent of the respondents in an august 2017 survey from the independent quinnipiac university favoring the legalization of medical care cannabis 94 percent medical cannabis in favor and the but the the um two-thirds was to just legalize it nationally and that's but the people that said what about just legalizing it medically 94 percent every single state should at least have that option problem as i don't like about that is then you got to get into the medical system to get it which, you know, to me, it's like, oh, great, so you can go into their database. And then they can come and take your guns. You know, and unfortunately, when you go to the dispensaries from what it looks like here, you know, you, you got to show your license. And that's, you go into that database, and then that's all they're going to need in the future to confiscate your guns, I'm afraid. They're doing, in, they're, they're starting to do it in uh, the Pennsylvania and in, in Hawaii. I could have played a whole separate video on hawaii but i'm trying to get through this so that's a mega mega bummer you know i mean unless you have somebody that like uh, let's say they're already in the system and they're already buying into these dispensaries anyway and they get it for you or whatever you know and you you know you got to stay in the state to do it you can't go outside the state because it's illegal it's so so ridiculous presumably as these support figures move higher so will legal cannabis sales and the pressure put on lawmakers on capitol hill to change marijuana scheduling (laughs) my word schedule one as a reminder schedule one substance are wholly illegal considered to have high potential for abuse and have no recognized medical benefits this places marijuana in the same footing as lsd and heroin jess sessions declares war on the marijuana industry so we've seen nothing yet from jeff sessions 
It's no secret that Jeff Sessions is an ardent opponent of the marijuana movement. He gave a speech last year to his fellow attorney generals where, to summarize, he suggested that medical cannabis isn't a safe or appropriate replacement for opioids. This little maggot, this little fork-tongued maggot from the pit of hell, says that it's not a suitable replacement or a safe replacement for opioids, for Oxycontin. morphine you name it anything opiate based painkillers the most addictive drugs pharmaceutical drugs that you can get and he, this devil has the audacity to say it's not a safe alternative for those things it just shows you how so much in the back pocket he is in the medical pharma cartel you couldn't convince me that he's not there you god himself god himself would have to show me that he's not he's obviously in their back pocket he is a evil evil little devil i haven't been impressed with one thing that he's done since he's been in office drug his feet every chance he could silent on the issues he needs to speak out on but boy oh boy when it comes to this issue it's going to be front and center. We're going after this. We're going to double down. We're going to prioritize this. We're going to put meth and heroin to the back burner. We're making too much money. We're killing too many people off that, particularly off heroin and fentanyl. But boy, boy, meth, man, or marijuana, that's too much competition. We're going to prioritize it. I'm going to prove it right now. In 2017, Sessions was all bark, no bite, but that changed in a big way earlier this month. On January 4, 2018, Sessions released a one-page memo announcing that the Department of Justice, the DOJ, would be rescinding the Cole memo, which was named after former Deputy Attorney General James Cole, who has served under President Obama. The Cole memo outlined a loose set of rules with states legalizing marijuana they had to follow in order to keep the federal government off their backs, so to speak. Okay, so the, it was a loose set of rules with states legalizing marijuana, okay? He wants to rescind that and bring it back under, I believe, federal control. So Big Brother can, can um, you know, they can, they can keep prioritizing that and, and keep put, putting all the other horrible drugs on the street, most of which we're making sure come into this country, that they're on the back burner and we can just focus all our efforts on the drug war on marijuana like it's been because we got to keep the prisons filled, we got to keep people away from that stuff as much as we can. We don't want them to know about the medicinal benefits. Obviously, Oxycontin is a much better alternative to marijuana. Uh, you, can, you can cure um, Parkinson's with Oxycontin. You can cure glaucoma, what I got with it. You can cure cancer. Oh, no, you can't cure any of those things. Actually, it has horrific side effects, and it's one of the most addictive things you can put in your body. It was developed for end-stage cancer patients that had no hope. Terminal, just to keep them out of pain. And in that particular regard, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pass judgment and say, well, you know, how dare you use that for, I'm not in their shoes. Who am I to judge? You know, I saw what my mom went through in end stage cancer. I mean, you couldn't even recognize my mom the day, like the day she died, the day she passed away. I was right there next to her, just like I was right next to my dad when he passed away. She was an apps. This she was a pretty. My mom was really pretty. 
for 62. She looked like she was in her 40s. She took class pictures, and it was like, what's wrong with this picture? My mom. Because all the other people did not look like my mom. And I don't want to judge them at all. I'm just saying my mom was really a beautiful, I mean, you should see her high school, like, um, pictures. She looked like, you look like some kind of like, and I don't want to say, it was some kind of like goddess or something, you know? I mean, she was a knockout. And she kept her, and I hope some of it had to do with what, you know, the stuff I was doing with her as well. And, I mean, you couldn't even recognize her in the, in the end stages. You couldn't at all. Um, that's what cancer does to you. I mean, it takes everything. You know, once it gets in your brain, it's over. I mean, I tried, but the problem is, is she stroked out before I could, we had her on this protocol. I had her on 40 things. I had her on 40 supplements. She was starting to turn the corner, but it wasn't God's will. Because then she stroked out, and that was when I led her to the Lord. I'm like, Mom, you might die right now. I don't know. Because she couldn't move. And she was scared. And, you know, even me having this glaucoma thing, I, I, I understand more now about that helpless feeling, like when something's happening to you physically, and you're not able to do anything about it. And what she's going through is way worse than what I'm going through. You can't compare this. I have all my faculties other than my right eye. I mean, and, and again, I'm not blind in my right eye, but I'm probably legally, pretty much. But it's just even that is scary, you know? It's like something that's out of your control. It shows you how fragile the human body is. That was how I led her to the Lord, though. God had to take everything from her. If you want to know more about that key in mom's passing, it contending for truth, then I did one of my dad, my dad's passing. You can find them both. Um, but that's what OxyContin was developed for. You know, that type of patient, end-stage cancer. You know, it's not to be used on, you know, oh, I, I threw my back out or I got into a minor fender bender and I'm going <laughs> to, but that's how the doctors have been trained since the 90s. Anyway, um, going forward here. So let's, <laughs> this good old Jeff Sessions. This is Senator Cory Booker. Democrat from New Jersey on Attorney General Sessions' marijuana policy change. So let's go ahead and play this. Uh, Mr. President, I rise today because earlier on this day, the Trump administration and Attorney General Jeff Sessions rescinded the Department of Justice's policy known as the Cole Memo. The Cole Memo is a policy issued under the Obama administration instructing prosecutors to shift away from a focus on nonviolent marijuana crimes and towards more serious crimes that threaten our community. Right, and so in essence, it's a voice of sanity. Let's shift away all this emphasis on marijuana and, and shift it onto heroin and meth and all these other drugs that are really killing people that are really getting... But see, Sessions rescinded that. So no, we're going to go right back to, to targeting in zeroing in on marijuana well i tell you it's going to burn white hot in hell for that devil if he doesn't repent this memo was a critical step in a move in the and right i bet you he thinks he's real right with god too i bet you he does you can just tell he's a real smug 
little devil. And he thinks he's right, right with God all the way, right down the line. Guaranteed, he thinks he's good. He's right in the back pocket of all those medical pharma cartels. And, of course, then again, maybe, you know, he, he's a Satanist probably. He's got his black robe and his athami and, you know, loves to drink, you know, innocent blood and stuff like that. So I probably shouldn't say that. I'm giving him too much credit. Direction, undoing some of the catastrophic damage that has been caused by the failed war on drugs. So that's what the Cole memo was going to do. It's going to undo some of this damage of this failed war on drugs, this joke of a war on drugs, this demonization campaign of marijuana, at least the medical marijuana campaigns that started back in 1937. It is a step forward for the federal government in mending our broken drug policies that have so hurt our nation in so many ways. I believe it is a step forward that the vast majority of Americans who believe the war on drugs failed agree with. It's a step forward that improves Americans' safety, saves money, and better aligns our laws with our most fundamental values of fairness, equality, and justice. But yet today, Attorney General Jeff Sessions has instructed the Department of Justice to not just double down on failed policy, but to turn back the clock and undermine the well-being of our country. Double down on failed policy of going, doubling down on going after marijuana now all even the more. And this just happened January 4th of this year. It's when this was given uh, in um, uh, January 4th of this year, so. The policy change actually goes against what Jeff Sessions promised elected officials in this body before his confirmation. We've heard already from the other Corey in the Senate, Republican Senator Cory Gardner, that he had a commitment from the Attorney General that before his confirmation that this is not what he would do. And so this is an attack on our most sacred ideals and the very purpose of the Department of Justice, which is to protect Americans, to elevate ideals of justice, and to do right by people. It is a failure of this administration who said as our president did during his campaign, that he would honor what states are doing. It's a betrayal of our attorney general who gave a commitment to a Republican, at least one Republican member of this body. But most significantly, it is hurting, it will hurt America. It ignores the fact that there is a growing bipartisan consensus that the war on drug has failed. It sacrificed our critical, urgently needed resources in our communities, violating our values, destroying families, and it's failed to make us safer. Let me walk through those four points one by one. Okay, that's all that, it just, it stops there. I, I wish, I would have let it keep playing, but a voice of reason. It's pretty bad when the Democrats are on, on the side of, in this particular issue, they're on the side of righteousness as far as I can see. I mean, hopefully... We've seen enough in this study to amply prove that point, okay? And there's very few things I ever agree with Democrats on, and I, I understand they're all the same side of the wicked coin so much of the time. But in this, in this particular thing, obviously, there is a unbelievable, not-so-hidden agenda here to keep this gravy train rolling. Uh, now, then, then we have this. Senator Cory Gardner, the other Cory that he's talking about, he's a Republican threatened to block all Justice Department nominees after Attorney Jeff Se General Jeff, Jeff Sessions said 
he would end Obama-era policies that limited federal interference in state marijuana laws. So, see, he doesn't want to limit federal interference and let the states do what they want to do, states' rights. He doesn't want that. He wants big brother federal government to come in and say, no, I wouldn't be surprised if they even tried to overturn Jeff Sessions the way this, this little devil from the pit of hell that he is, that he wouldn't try to go in there and actually start to uh, criminalize again make these states like Colorado, Oregon, and Washington, you know, de- you know, make it a criminal act again. I mean, I, I don't know where this is going with him, but he's doubling down on this. He's, 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 he's out of a satanic mind. Drag. Up until about 8.58 this morning, we believed in Colorado that... State- okay, so this is the other Corey. This is the Republican Corey that was speaking that day, Senator Corey Gardner. Republican out of Colorado, obviously he has, you know, he's in Colorado, and obviously he has a lot uh, invested in this. Uh, and so this is the other Corey that was speaking on the exact same day that, that good old Jeff Sessions did this, rescinded the, the uh, Cole memo. Rights would be protected. I mean, they're calling, these other videos are saying GOP lawmakers are calling on, on Sessions to resign. There's a lot of things he's done where he should step down. I, I've, I've, before I even knew about this, I said this guy should resign. He's nothing that this, this little slimy gatekeeper for anything wicked and evil, it seems like. Up until about 8.58, maybe it was 8.55, until Twitter told us otherwise, we believed that the will of Colorado voters would be respected. Why did we believe that? Well, conversations that I had with then-Senator Jeff Sessions, prior to his confirmation as Attorney General, what would happen with Colorado's marijuana policy? At the time, prior to his confirmation, then-Senator Sessions said... Remember, Colorado's doing a lot of damage. Opiate usage way down. You know people are going in there and buying this stuff and still leaving the state, even though they're not supposed to. Or sending it, or whatever, via mail. Okay, U.S. Postal Service doesn't have scanners. Okay, UPS and FedEx does. Okay, and so you know that a lot of this is leaving Colorado. Like, like John says, my listener, that the finest stuff, the finest medical marijuana comes out of there. Okay, so this is really having an effect, I believe, on their dirty drug trade, on the uh, fact that people are learning this information that I went over today. And they're not turning to opiate-based painkillers. They're not getting hooked on heroin. They're, maybe they're getting off heroin. They're getting off opiate-based painkillers. Okay, so Colorado's in the crosshairs. Not only that, Colorado, of all the states, is the, is the state furthest east, closest to. So if you were going to make a trip out anywhere, it's going to be the first, like you're from the east coast, you can't get it recreationally because that's how you would have to get it unless you have a medical marijuana card. Then... You, it's the first state you're going to run into that actually where you can buy it just with your license, okay? So I could see why this guy would be up in arms because, you know, Sessions is, is, is representing these drug cartels and, and the, the pharmaceutical, pharma cartels and then the illicit drug trade that they're with the heroin and stuff. He's really like their, their, their enforcer, and they, I think they went to him in, in, in private session, no pun intended, and said, listen, you got to get this marijuana thing under control. We, we need to get it back to, to the way it was. 
we need this we need to, to get this marijuana criminalized too many people are finding out about it there's too much momentum about this you need to put your boot across the necks of all americans regarding this issue i think if he had his way and you need to go after even these states that where it's where it's legal recreationally and then we'll go after the medical marijuana and we're going to keep it schedule one and we're going to keep prioritizing it and we're going to keep putting heroin and meth on the back because they're doing exactly what we want to the american public that's what i think is going on here said that he didn't have any plans to uh, told me there were no plans to reverse the coal memorandum because he is a fork-tongued devil and his word means nothing jeff sessions then senator sessions told me that marijuana simply wasn't going to be on president trump's agenda uh-huh that it was something that they weren't going to deal with that's something that president trump simply wasn't going to focus on he told him what he wanted to hear prior to the nomination and, and trump did too it sounds like that was back in the spring of 2016 and up until 8:58 this morning that was the policy One tweet later, one policy later, a complete reversal. Again, doesn't this sound a little familiar? Okay, this happened on July, uh, I'm sorry, January 4th, which was, a, you know, a little over, you know, what, two months and a week ago? What did he just do like 10 days ago, Trump? He did an absolute total reversal 180 of everything that he said about the about the second amendment he betrayed his base in a way that he is not even compared at all about 10 days ago when he had that meet sit down meeting with diane uh, frankenstein and all the other devil politicians there that were gleeful satanically full of gleeful joy over all the stuff that he was saying he was looking like he was on the spear tip of it all and then now this is something that they've totally done a 180 on as well. Reverse this policy on mirror. I don't know, man. I, I, you know, <laughs> a tree is known by its fruit. Of what many of us on the Hill were told before the confirmation, what we had continued to believe the last year, and without any notification, conversation, or dialogue with Congress, completely reversed. Because they don't answer to, to other people that want to reverse. They answer to the, to the drug cartels. Well, not not like the Mexican, but I mean the drug cartels that we are part of, the DA and the CIA are part of, that they had talked about, uh, bringing it over here, and then the med- the pharma medical uh, pharma uh, medical cartels. That's who they answer to. They'll lie to these other congressmen. You know, it means nothing. Now, perhaps the Department of Justice didn't think this would be a big deal. I understand Jeff Sessions, Attorney General Jeff Sessions' opposition to marijuana, of legalization of marijuana. I opposed the legalization of marijuana in Colorado, but this is about a decision by the state of Colorado, and we were told that states' rights would be protected, and not just by the Attorney General, then the nominee to be Attorney General. We were told that by then-candidate Donald Trump. In fact, in Colorado, in July of 2016, President Trump was asked this question. When asked if President Trump, then candidate Trump, would use federal authority to shut down sales of recreational marijuana in states like Colorado, then candidate Donald Trump said, quote, I wouldn't do that. When asked if he, then candidate Trump, thinks Colorado should be allowed what to do what it's doing, then candidate Trump said, 
it's up to the states absolutely. That was President, that was then candidate Trump's position. I would like to know from the Attorney General why, what has changed? What has changed President Trump's mind that the Cole Memorandum would be reversed and rescinded? What has changed? So in other words, they have the authority now, the federal government, through Jeff Sessions and Trump, have the authority now to go back into a state like Colorado, California, Washington, and Oregon in reverse recreational users being able to get this. I don't think they mind as much on the medical people because it, it probably represents a lot less slice of the pie. But then again, those are the ones that are actually benefiting the most because they're actually using it for legitimate medical conditions. Whereas a lot of the other people that are doing it recreationally are just doing it to get high. Okay. I mean, I'm just being honest. Come on. Not all, but some, a good majority, you know, that's why it's called recreational use. The people that are in the medical system too are more locked into that whole big brother thing. They're in a database. They're going to have their guns. Con Whereas recreational users, you know, you can get around that a little easier. You know, you'd send your buddy in who's maybe already went to the dispensary. He's already on the. He's already on the radar. You don't want to get on there. You don't want to get on the radar. You send somebody else in. He buys whatever. Like you can buy eight syringes of that Rick Simpson oil per day from that one dispensary that I talked about. If you have a medical marijuana card, you can buy like way more, way more per day, okay? Um, but they want to make sure that everybody's locked into their system, into their database, and I think it's going to be a lot harder to get rid of the medical marijuana, but they're already into the database. So anybody that's in that system, they're going to be very, very at high risk of the government at some point coming in and kicking down their door and saying they're mentally incompetent. It doesn't matter if, if you're on... Prozac or serotonin reuptake inhibitors or or oxycontin or morphine or all these. Oh, of course, maybe someday it will matter. I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll shift it over. But that's their baby for now, and I don't think they're going to go after. It. They don't want to demonize that too much. But marijuana is is the you know it's the cardinal sin of all cardinal sins. So you don't have any right to have your guns anymore. Could you imagine if if you had a medical marijuana card and you were a uh, veteran at the same time we talked about that combination? You know, returning veteran. And, and, you know, boy, then you really, you know, forfeit your right to live, probably, you know. Or what, you're pro-Second Amendment, pro-life, Christian? Oh, boy, then you're really done for. But this is the insanity that we're, that we're dealing with here. And, and this guy's very eloquent and makes a very good case for what he's saying here and he, how he's been totally lied to by these fork-tongued devils. The president's mind. Why is Donald Trump thinking differently today about what he promised the people of Colorado in 2016, the reverse course today. What changed? I'd like to know that. I think the people of Colorado deserve to have that answer. Without the Cole Memorandum, legal businesses operating in accordance to states' rights, states' laws, uh, they're under, operating now under a cloud of uncertainty. Thousands of jobs at risk, millions of dollars in revenue, and certainly the question of constitutional states' rights very much at the core of this discussion. Because I believe what happened today was a trampling of Colorado's rights, its voters, and sure, this was a heavily debated issue, something that I've already said that I opposed. But the people of Colorado spoke.
They spoke loudly, and I believe if the same... He opposed it. (laughs) I mean, he's a Republican, so you would more think that, okay? He opposed it, but see, they spoke. The people of Colorado spoke on this issue, and he is there representing them like he should be, representing their voice, even though he doesn't even agree with it. That's that's the way a, a true politician should act to try to really represent the right of the people. I, I'm not saying the guy's perfect. I don't know anything about him. But in this particular regard, he is appearing very righteous in this partic- on this particular issue. question we're asked today, they'd even have more support for the decision they made back several years. Right. In other words, if they took a revote. Because it's been like, okay, you can look around and see, okay, we've got way less heroin addicts. We've got way less opiate addiction that that's down you know a huge amount and and obviously the things it's done for their economy i'm sure whatever very very substantial but i i I don't really so much look at that as i would look at okay wow you just got 33 percent of the of the of the opiate users and the heroin users off that just from introducing um legalizing marijuana in your state that's huge a go I agree with President Trump that this decision should be left up to the people of Colorado and to other states. And I call on Attorney General Sessions to explain to me why President Trump was wrong in 2016 and what changed their minds. And that they reverse their decision to withdraw and rescind the Cole Memorandum. And that they re-implement and reinstate the Cole Memorandum. And until that happens, I think I, I am obligated by the people of Colorado to take all steps necessary to protect the state of Colorado and their rights. And that's why I will be putting today a hold on every single nomination from the Department of Justice until Attorney General Jeff Sessions lives up to the commitment that he made to me in my confirmation, in my pre-confirmation meeting with him, the conversation we had that was specifically about this issue of states' rights in Colorado. Until he lives up to that commitment. I will be holding all nominations to the Department of Justice. Good for you. The people of Colorado deserve answers. The people of Colorado deserve their will to be respected. Sessions has absolutely zero integrity. That's what it really boils down to. And he did all this behind their back. He did this thing with sending the Cole memo with no... Because he knew knew there would have been just gigantic outs. So he just basically just did, uh, you know, a runaround on the whole thing and just did it blindsided him like with a ball bat and you've got all these people up in arms can't believing that this guy is going back on on what he said about this issue but then again that's what dirty politicians do and they do it well so he's proving himself just to be you know a devil the move okay so going back to this report the move wasn't a complete surprise Considering Sessions' right-hand man at the DOJ, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, had announced over the summer that the DOJ was reviewing the scope of the Cole Memo and its validity. More importantly, the move by Sessions also opens the door for possible legal action against marijuana businesses operating in states that have legalized it in some capacity. So they could go after the businesses that have legalized. Even though it's legal in that particular state, now they can actually go after the businesses. Through the Robichar Far Amendment, it disallows the DOJ from using federal dollars to prosecute medical marijuana businesses. Rescinding the Cole Memo effectively gives state-level prosecutors the right to bring charges against marijuana businesses.
when deemed appropriate. Sessions has put his foot down on medical cannabis research too. This is how stinking evil this devil is. He's going after the medical cannabis research too. Remember he said he wasn't that hopeful? He wasn't that hopeful about it? Sessions also seems highly enlightened. I'd love to have four sessions to be in the room with that Parkinson's guy that I played. And just cause him to sit there and then and then tell me after that's done, after the guy literally was like a different person within almost a minute that, you know, he's going to go after, well, he probably would. He'd probably gin up some type of sanctimonious, holier-than-thou, pious response, how he's such a good Christian and how he's got, when the reality is, is he's got to go to his COVID meeting tonight and he's just putting on this fake veneer of Christianity. Got to go sacrifice a few babies and stuff. Maybe sacrifice a ram, drink some blood, shapeshift some, I don't know, whatever he's going to do. <laughs> these, these people are nothing but devils. Sessions also seems highly unlikely to expand medical marijuana research at the federal level in any capacity. You have to look at who's against. I mean, look at who he represents and look at what he's going against, which makes you wonder a lot more about it. You know, like a man's, a man is known by his enemies. You know, a substance is known by its enemies. In this in particular case, you look what's against it. You look what's been against it since 1937. You look at what's been threatened by it, medical pharma cartel. It starts to become a lot clearer, more black and white. In August 2016, the Obama administration outlined a series of changes designed to allow researchers easier access to federally grown marijuana. The new system encouraged universities to apply for grow licenses with the federal government in an effort to establish a much-needed risk-benefit profile for cannabis. But as Forbes recently reported, the U.S. Food and Drug Agency requested that researchers grow 443,680 grams of cannabis in 2018 or just over 978 pounds. This actually represents a slight decline from what was grown for medical research in 2017, despite the Obama administration's pledge to open doors for medical cannabis research. Despite 25 proposals from universities to grow marijuana for the federal government, the DOJ passed on them. Imagine that. Jeff Sessions passed on them, basically, DOJ. Allowing the University of Mississippi to remain the only approved grow facility in the United States. This is unlikely to change with Sessions heading the DOJ. So the sooner this devil, you know, gets out of there, the better. There's all kind of people calling for his, I mean, Lou Dobbs, it looks like. Uh... I don't know what's going on. Thoughts now on the Trump administration's Justice Department and the Attorney General who has inexplicably withdrawn from his role, who has refused to carry out most of his duties yes. as the nation's leading law yeah. enforcement. He's been beyond derelict with his duty, but all of a sudden he pops up his his devil head and now all of a sudden, you know, he's the arbiter of, of all righteousness and truthfulness and goodness. And he's going to make sure that, that, that they rescind the Cole memo and that marijuana gets firmly back in the crosshairs where it belongs. And meth and heroin are way, way, way on the back burner and all the other illicit drugs, street drugs. Now, this report was also released on January 4, 2018. This is Lou Dobbs, a good dude. 
And obviously, this is regarding, you know, not only the rescinding of the Cole memo, but all the other dereliction of duty. That's all I've heard for the last year is like, where's Jeff Sessions? Where's Jeff Sessions? Why isn't he commenting on this? Why isn't he doing this? All of this stuff that's, you know, pertaining to, you know, a lot of different things that he needed to get on and, and address. And he's just silent. He's such a devil. It's been on, sir. Jeff Sessions has retreated not only from his responsibilities, but is more focused on upsetting, it seems, potheads than defending this president no, that's all he and cares this about. nation from deep state subversion. That's really, I mean, he must be so far, not only in the deep state, but in the, in the back pocket of the, of the medical farmer cartel, it just defies the imagination. See, that's the only thing he cares about. The only thing I've seen him do is this, basically, <laughs> which is a, a total betrayal of what he said he would not do. So he's a liar. As well, I mean, a fork-tongue liar of the highest magnitude. I've long called for his resignation back in August. I said if Sessions intended to recuse himself from the Russia probe before being appointed Attorney General, he should resign. And now momentum is only growing. Freedom Caucus leader, Congressman Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan calling for Sessions to go now, citing Justice Department leaks and conflicts. Adding, quote, it would appear he has no control at all of the premier law enforcement agency in the world. Only the part that goes after pot and makes sure they incarcerate as many people as possible for marijuana. Hopefully, first offense, gut shoot them, you know, just 30 days in the electric chair for the first offense. And then. Well, I guess there wouldn't be a second offense if you were 30 days in the electric chair. But then they could even expand that out, maybe maybe go after your family as well. I mean, I mean it's only reasonable, obviously. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes last week said, quote, it seems the DOJ and FBI need to be investigating yeah, themselves. Yeah, well, exactly. Despite the deal made last night and today with the uh, Department of Justice over access to documents and witnesses pertinent to the anti-Trump dossier. Sessions hasn't been entirely at rest, however. An ally of Sessions today telling the Daily Beast that the Justice Department is taking a fresh look at Hillary Clinton's private email server. They should be embarrassed that they ever, ever failed to take up that right. investigation yeah. and indeed prosecution. Yep. The Attorney General late last month directed justice officials to look into the FBI's Uranium One investigation at long last, but it's simply too little, too late from a man who isn't doing his job, who isn't fighting for this president who appointed him. He has to, at this point, uh, he, well, he seems to have at least retired altogether as a public servant. The American public deserves a full-time, full-throated attorney general working for them and their president. Yeah, I mean, seemingly thought, he's really stabbed Trump in the back way more many times than before this happened so i don't know what this dude's deal is other than he's working for satan other than he is a satanic minion that is absolutely totally evident uh so you know i i don't know i don't know that's all i have for today i believe which was plenty 19 pages we just got through so i'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer heavenly father we do thank you for this day this time you've given us lord uh lord i i pray regarding this information that 
you just give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive, then maybe there's other people that can benefit from this information, Lord. Uh, I thank you for opening my eyes to this, Lord. And I hope that I've presented this in a balanced way, Lord, where I'm not condoning people going out, getting, you know, high, trying to, you know, just using it for the sake of, of, of you know, escaping reality and, and turning into a stoner, Lord. That was not my intention, but the medical benefits are are they can't be denied and you put the endocannabinoid system in our bodies lord and this particular substance cannabis is is what interacts and in in unlocks those keys that really no other substance that i know of can do that because it's specifically for that so i just pray lord that this that this information is a blessing I pray that we stay vigilant. I pray that, you know, as proactive, we be as proactive as we can be, whether that's contacting our congressman, Senate, president, educating others, praying, fasting, however you want us to be proactive, Lord, however you want us to educate. I just pray in each individual case, you convict us of that and um, that your name would be glorified as a result of this information. I pray that many would be able to be helped. Maybe maybe people that were on the fence about this, that didn't understand this, maybe they'll be able to get help, Lord. I pray you bless my listeners, bless those that can benefit from this information. And I pray, Lord, that this, this false narrative of this drug war be fully, totally exposed, that this Jeff Sessions devil would would be, you know, either step down or be sacked out of this office lord and i pray the fear of god be upon him and on trump lord uh for the recent things that we've seen trump do i pray for the fear of god like a thick cloud on him and in that you know he does the right thing now lord maybe he was just a devil from the beginning and he's got no intention and he's of his father the devil i don't know lord but if there's any goodness in him at all if there's if there's any inkling of that, I, I pray God that you intervene in that in that situation with Trump. Fear God be upon him. You said that the severity of the Lord leadeth thee to repent. You also said the goodness of the Lord, but I think he needs the severity, Lord. But then again, I'm not God, and I pray that he do the right thing and do the right thing in regard to this to this um, marijuana thing with the coal memorandum and these types of things, Lord, because. There's so many people, Lord, that are addicted to this stuff. And, and you look at our government, God, how they're orchestrating all of this and how they're bringing all these people into bondage of pharmacia, sorcery. And I, I just pray for your mercy. And I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed, Lord, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And the words of our mouth and meditations of our heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.